So over at Ars Technica today, they answered a question that had been bugging me. And it was one of those questions that I didn't even know was really bugging me. There was just something kind of kind of sticking in my brain about this. Uh, Artemis One, the first test flight of the SLS and the Orion capsule for our uh, return trip to the moon here with the, with the Artemis program. It's supposed to come back safely. Uh, splash down off the coast of California, be recovered if all goes well. And so far, everything is going well. This has been a, as, about as perfect an unmanned mission as, as anybody could have hoped for. Every, everything is just working perfectly. And uh, knock on wood, it'll keep working perfectly. So why, after this brilliant test flight, is it going to be at least two years before Artemis II flies? You would think, hey, they, they know how to stack the rocket. They know how everything works. Why don't we just get that thing on the launch pad, get those astronauts up in there and, and make this, make this uh, next manned, the first manned test flight? Well, the reason is about uh, eight, nine years ago, there was a $100 million hole in NASA's budget, and they figured out a way to plug that hole. They're going to reuse eight black boxes, the avionics, from Artis, Artemis 1 in Artemis 2. Oh, my God. And it'll take and them that long going, to get the parts out and it's plugged into the other? It's going to take them approximately 27 months to... Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> to remove, uh, refurbish, and install these eight black boxes from Artemis 1 to Artemis 2. Uh, Bill, have you... Uh, do you read the comments on the space stuff at Ars Technica at all? No. There, there um, there's something brilliant. It's called a Wickwick event because you you said burn it with fire. A couple of years ago, there was a, a commenter at Ars named Wickwick who said that uh, what he would really like to see happen with the first SLS launch is for the whole thing to explode spectacularly uh, yes. uh, close enough to the launch pad to just clear out all the infrastructure, but without yep. hurting anybody uh, Absolutely. In, in the launch crew and, and just clear it out. So they've got to start from scratch. And since then, it's been that that idea has been called a Wickwick event. I could not agree more. I was calling for that before that launch, too. When the thing launched, I was disappointed. And the reason I was disappointed is because that meant we're going to throw more money down this garbage hole of 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 50 year old technology. And what you've just said is is so shocking that I can only believe it because NASA's doing it. Uh, it, it is. So so what is that? Well, there's a couple of things in here. First of all, Au contraire, uh, the mission on, in terms of Orion has gone pretty well, yeah. but the CubeSats have have there been some really cool CubeSats, and the coolest four or five of them have failed completely. Mm. For example, this is this is NASA management at work now. Our our current NASA. So there's a couple of these uh, CubeSats that are that are battery powered, and they deploy their solar cells and so on. These and came I off think of Orion, one, or where did these come from, Bill? Yes, they came off of Orion in lunar orbit. They're they're okay. they're basically Hitching a ride. They're not part of the SL. They're not part of the mission uh, in terms of the moon mission, but they're Different they're hitching project. a ride. We're going to the moon. Might as well take them with us. They're tiny. One of them was a plasma drive experiment. One of them was a very slow descent to the moon's surface, rather than like a lot of thrust at the oh. end. Uh, one of them was a solar sail. It's going to deploy the first solar sail. They've all failed. Uh, they're they're dead. 
And we know for a certain fact that on one of them, probably two of them, and maybe three of them, the reason that one of them died is because the battery died. And the reason the battery died is because of the hurricane, the launch of SLS was delayed by several days. And the batteries in these CubeSats continued to run. And apparently, no one thought to either charge the batteries or... Switch them off. <laughs> switch them off or... <laughs> Or what? They might not have right? been able to even reach them once they were installed because it's a, it's a disposable rocket. And so serviceability has never been a part of its design. Okay. So, so all right. That's fine. That's well, fine. Not really. But, but what I'm saying is, is that that is a design uh, flaw, right? And the design flaw really isn't even the fact that they let these batteries done, run down. The design flaw is that the system is so, it's not even unreliable. It's infrequent. So let's say they can get it done in two years, which means four. Um, and, and let's say they can do that. Does that mean that Artemis two is going to be a, a manned mission? Is it going to be crewed? I think because three if is they the put crew a crew mission, right? Well, okay. So there's another two years to get the black boxes out of Artemis two into Artemis three. Uh, after you, this, the, the recycle thing was only, is only the one between Artemis one and two. They, they okay, don't, they so, don't have to keep doing this. So there's a pilot expression that says, never fly the A model of anything. That's right. And, and that is a profoundly good piece of advice. The, the test bed is, is where you learn things, and then it's the, the, you know, it's the C model or the G model where they really get it right. So the reason that I would have a high degree of confidence in flying on SpaceX is because SpaceX has exploded a ton of rockets. <laughs> They've exploded a ton of rockets. And every time they explode a rocket, they learn something new about that system. And they don't make that mistake again. SLS has flown one mission. And, and God knows how many demons are, are built into that system that we won't know about until we fly it a bunch of times. And you could not get me on that on that vehicle, I, which looks like it's constructed by apes, by the way, compared to the Dragon Capsule with all the external oh, wires that look like they've been stapled to on. Saturn V, which I, flew I for the first time in 67. Before I was born. I can't help but think that if SpaceX I'm, had been running this mission, that Artemis 2 would have passed Artemis 1 as it returned from the moon and <laughs> Artemis 2 would have been headed for the moon. That's exactly what I think too. Yeah. So here's, here's, what, here's what's interesting to me about SpaceX, right? SpaceX is so far ahead of the game. They're a, they're a generation ahead of the game. And I mean, they're, they're like 20, 20 years ahead of, of, of the competition, the closest competition. And my only concern about SpaceX is they're so far ahead of the pack that they don't have any competition. And I like competition. Yeah. So what they ought to do is they ought to take whatever money is allocated to this 1970s design of, of Artemis dinosaur. And they ought to set up, and Bert Rutan told me about the, 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 the real power of this, a number of prizes. Because if you set up a 20 million prize or a $30 million prize, that's nothing compared to NASA's budget. Oh, yeah. Then you will be able to attract private equity into your program in order to get the prize. And, and what we really need is we need another company or two or three to get the initial startup capital as long as they are being absolutely bold, like just really, really, really thinking outside the box. Because SpaceX could use some competition and and yeah. innovation is everywhere. It's everything about Artemis is wrong. Everything about it is wrong. The, the administration is wrong. The cost is wrong. The design is wrong. The, the, the reliability is wrong. The test flying is wrong. This business about having to take electronics out of one obsolete uh, spacecraft and put them into another obsolete spacecraft is wrong. Everything about it is wrong. 
give me something new and then put some money behind those people. You don't have to give them billions of dollars. Just say, hey, if you're the first person to land on a moon, you get $100 million. I don't mean even, I don't even mean a manned mission. I'm saying you put a man lander, a man capable lander on the moon, unmanned, $100 million, $200 million, whatever. Somebody's going to do the way, it. The, I actually saw something that I liked from Blue Origin uh, in this past week or so. Um, and it, most of the, even the Shatner launch uh, was not impressive to me on, on the Blue Origin craft. However, they did something smart finally. They took one of the guys from Dude Perfect. Yes, they did. And, and we got the best views that I have seen of what it's like to fly in that capsule. The guy from uh, Dude Perfect had a GoPro camera strapped to his hand mm -hmm. and you saw his reaction going up and coming down. You saw the release moment when they could unbuckle their seatbelts and float around the cabin and flip over. You saw the view out the window where the curvature of the earth was visible. You know, mm -hmm. you saw it all. And I thought- It's 4K, 60 frames Perfect, per second, right? What's that? I said, sorry, 4K at, at 60 frames per oh, second. Oh, yeah, yeah, sharp as a tack. Because these guys make videos for a living. That's what they do. So the Dude Perfect, for, for the uninitiated, the Dude Perfect guys, which you must now go and watch, uh, but Dude Perfect does all these kind of crazy stunts with, you know, trying to throw a basketball off of a, the Eiffel Tower or something into a trash can. I mean, they do all these these kind of zany things. Well, they had a competition, and, and the winner of the competition among the guys in Dude Perfect uh, got to go on the spaceship. Mm. And I think there was a third-party sponsor. The mission was called Titanium Feather, and I think there's this this agency that is trying to fund civilian travel to the uh, to space and this was like their first demonstration of how they wanted to do that in any case the dude perfect kid was hilarious it was sharp video. You got to see the inside of the capsule, which I hadn't even seen during one of the missions yet. Um, it was, you know, all the way up and all the way down. And then you saw the other guys from Dude Perfect on the ground marveling at what was going on, you know, and talking about it. And the whole thing was so engaging in a way that no previous Blue Origin mission has been. You know, I get Some... Blue Origin hell because they still haven't launched a gram into orbit. Not not a single gram have they put into orbit. They get, they're just rerunning Alan Shepard's Mercury flight from what nineteen sixty two. It it gets a little old after a while. They're a launch company. They 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 got to get stuff into orbit one of these days. But they're not quite recreating Alan Shepard's Mercury flight because you know he was like this. Yeah, in, yeah. A, in a tin can, and they've practically got a living room up there for five or six people. It's uh, it's it was pretty spacious. It's different, yeah. And here's the thing for our viewers about Dude Perfect, by the way. Um, there's no uh, there's no obscene language. There's no f bombs. These are openly Christian guys. Uh, a good YouTube station will get can reliably get a million views uh, per video or. 10 million, maybe. Dude Perfect consistently gets 100 million views. Wow. And, um, and I have nothing but the highest respect for those guys. They do interesting things. They do manly things. They do it. They nice. do it with a sense of humor. And it's beautifully produced, beautifully edited, beautifully shot. And they're just good guys. They're just good men. To, and to they are, the fact that. that they've got the kind of subscription base that they've got is one of the indicators of, of, 
of how healthy our society is or isn't. I, I, I just can't say enough about that. To They're reinforce fantastic. that, Bill, the, my first recollection of having heard of Dude Perfect was um, we were in church and my uh, my youngest son was with us and they do that part in the service where they say, turn around and shake hands with the person next to you. Anyway, so, so we did the little handshake thing and then my son leaned over and whispered to me and he said, that's the guy from Dude Perfect. And I said, what? <laughs> How cool is that? And, and I think he may have texted me a video and said, you know, that's the guy from Dude Perfect. So one of the guys from Dude Perfect was sitting in front of us at church. Um, and, and I was like, oh, really? There's a guy who's really popular on the internet and yet is here, you know, singing praises to Jesus? Is that, that can be done? <laughs> and the same, same is true for Smarter Every Day, which is another great channel. Well, that's a good by, channel too. By a, by a good man, you know, he's, he's, he's not pumping his religion on anybody, but it's, you know, it's, it's in his closing credits. It's, uh, it, it's, it's clean. It's interesting. It's, it's really interesting. It's well-made and it's cool. And it, and it's getting a big audience. But anyway, Dustin, my point of bringing up the dude oh, perfect great. guy was that even Blue Origin's relatively puny efforts in contrast with SpaceX to me were more impressive uh, than the long, drawn-out, badly produced production of the of the SLS launch, you know? And it's just like, Ugh. come on, can't they get somebody? There's not a single, like, one of their Hollywood buddies who can come in there and show them how to produce this thing? Even the Artemis, the Artemis graphics and photographs are appalling. Everybody's seeing these stunning pictures from the back. And I don't find them stunning at all. I do remember the first time the video camera came on it was like a white cardboard cutout of, of the Artemis because the thing was 30 stops overexposed. Yeah. But, but the thing about, look, the thing about Dude Perfect is they're experts, right? You would send on a mission. You might want to send a. Uh, you might want to send a guy who's an engineering expert, a thermodynamics expert. These people are video production experts. That's their job. That's what they do. They know how to make videos interesting. That means multiple cameras. It means editing. It means music. It means reaction shots, pacing, all that stuff. So yes, SpaceX could use um, some some dude perfect. Or me, I could go. I, I know how to do that. Yeah, I could go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I'll. Uh... I'll, I'll wrap with this, I guess. Um, Apollo first flew in Apollo 4 in November of, uh, of 1967. It was an unmanned test flight, much like, much like Artemis 1. Didn't go as far, but, uh, you know, our space program was much younger then. It was, <laughs> it was just a few years old. Uh, Apollo, excuse me, Saturn last flew, the last Apollo mission in December of 1972. So just five years and one month later was the entire Apollo program from the first test flight of the Saturn V to the last manned mission to the moon. And of six. Pardon? Plan, six missions to the moon, planned for seven, but yes. 13 didn't get and there. Yes. And three that cars. alone was an indication. So the entire Apollo program from the first unmanned flight of the Saturn V in 1967 until the last manned mission to the moon, Apollo 17, lasted five years and one month. And that included a two-year pause in manned spaceflight after we lost those three fine men in the Apollo 1 launch pad fire. We probably could have done it in three. We probably could have. Uh, the, uh, the the Mark One Apollo capsule was a death trap, and and uh, Gus Grissom, one of the three men that died in that, brought a lemon yeah. from home from his lemon tree in Florida, brought it home, hung it on a on a clothes hanger, and put it on top of the Apollo One capsule simulator. When they took delivery of the original 
Apollo capsule, there were something like 575 squawks, 575 specific known items that needed work before they even got their hands on it. But the Saturn V, was it 12, 12 launches, 13 total? One of those two. Most powerful rocket ever made. Anyone who ever rode on a Saturn V died of old age. Already, and this is without any further delays, Artemis is going to take longer to get footprints back on the moon than the entire Apollo program lasted. Um, I don't know what's happened to NASA. Maybe it's us. Maybe we're not pushing them hard enough. Maybe maybe there's no existential space threat like the Soviets anymore, and that's what's slowing us down. But what I do know is we've got a huge future in space. It's just not called Artemis.